Welcome to the Culture Bros Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Walker, along with my co-host and brother, Ernest Childs. We're here to talk about the same old stuff we chop it up about every other day. To be real, we talk about anything, but the aim of this podcast is to have an open discussion about everything. It'll be spiritually based, but in real talk, so you won't have to worry about us sugarcoating the topics. I hope y'all enjoyed this podcast as much as we enjoyed recording it. And if you don't, well, it's probably somebody, somewhere, who think you are right. Enjoy the show. This is what it sound like when we roll and our eyes still open. All these people, all these drugs that could fit the ocean. They say they can't, they say they can't. Tell me what they smoking. Making waves, making waves, making real commotion. This is what it sound like when we roll and our eyes still open. All these people, all these drugs that could fit the ocean. Every country's like that, so it's. But. Luckily, when we get there, they don't restrict us that much. They just tell us, hey, you're in San Antonio, the area you could be in. They say San Antonio, but realistically, it's just as long as you're able to get back here, because we're going to be there two weeks before the class starts, because I'm going there for leadership school. Yeah. As long as we're there within two weeks of being there, and I'm, you got to get abducted to not make that class date, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely straight, man. Yeah, good. How, how, how did this work on here? Uh, just quick little intro. I got all my questions like ready. Yeah, yeah. Ready for y'all. Full intro. Yeah, yeah. So it's the Culture Bros episode six coming to you with yeah. a special guest. I had to get this dude on on the line because it's a bunch of questions I gotta ask him. Uh, wait, episode- wait. You're not starting right now, right? I mean, I could cut it and redo it again. It's already recording. I'll, I'll cut oh, whatever. I, okay. Yeah, I'll cut whatever I need to cut. Chop. Okay, it. okay, but all right, all right. I wasn't prepared with my uh, <laughs> my, my podcast for you. <laughs> all right, let's get it. Wait, wait. I'm gonna get mine from somewhere. All right. Yeah. But yeah, let's get it. Man. Word. So it's the Culture Bros episode six coming with you from uh coming at you with a special guest. Had to get this man on the line. He yeah, he has sir. some managerial <laughs> experience. So I want to get every bit of experience I can get from the culture, from every yeah. little step we could get, cause it's a lot of talk that we don't get to have like amongst each other, especially right now during this whole situation. So introducing my man Drew, go ahead, introduce yourself, introduce yeah, your pod yeah. too, you know, get get your plug. Yes, yeah, sir. Um, I, I, um, not them in the background, but um, yes, my name is Andrew Myers. Um, I have been working for, for what, 11 years now? Go, yeah, 11 years, I mean, 11 years in May. So I've been doing a lot of leading, leading and leadership managerial roles on all different types of levels. So whenever um, Jordan says he's going to hit me up for like a little interview, I might demand to go because I'm like an expert. Not an expert at being a manager because I don't think anybody can really be an expert at being a leader, but I have a lot of experience. In it. So, Shit, 11 years in, bro. That's that's half a military retirement. Like most people just, exactly. that's a downslope <laughs> down for a lot of jobs. That's a, that's a long ass time, 11 years. And it was, but it was, of course, now it wasn't all like just being a manager. I started like literally like in the bottom of it, which I actually would probably be a good point to start at because that's one thing that makes me a different type of manager and a different type of leader. 
Yeah. Because you got some people who don't start from the bottom. So when I first started, I'm in the dishes. When I'm washing dishes, I'm doing all. Like, I'm starting from the bottom. So it was nothing that was, like, just given or handed to me at all. So I just have to just work my way from the bottom. Therefore, that gives you, like, that experience of how it feels to be on the other side of it versus just on the top of it. That makes sense. So that's the introduction, but I even gave a little bit of sauce at the same time. <laughs> so Stan, what what they what what's that sauce everybody going crazy for at Chick Fil A? Oh, that Chick Fil A sauce. Oh, them folks is going crazy. I know Chick Fil A going exactly. Crazy. They going to ask you come what, to corporate. What type of question did you have on um leadership and manage like the man? So wait, so you're because you wanted to know about the topic because of what you're doing. No, it's just um, what I want to do is I want to pick the fruit from every successful black person in every facet of life because all of us don't walk the same path. All of us got different paths to success, and some of us don't know what we want to do. So there is that fry cook that's at Chick-fil-A. There is that person trying to start up their own yeah. business. There is that person trying to start their own clothing brand or whatever market that they're trying to find their lane in. I want to be able to get a deep dive insight of the people who've made it far and shit, 11 years, bro. Like yeah. that is literally, that is a long time. And, you know, it's like, it's valuable that I can't talk about because I haven't, like, I haven't even been in the Air Force for that long. And yeah, <laughs> but I know haven't been in that long. It ain't too many people who make it 11 years for one job. And get to that managerial status. So this is all valuable stuff that we got to get out to the world. But before we get to that, tell me a little something about your upbringing. Like, where you from? Like, give us a little backdrop of your culture. Okay, I'm originally from Brooklyn, New York. So, and my parents are from the West Indies. So my father's Guyanese, my mother's on Trinidadian. So they were like, they came to this country when they were younger as immigrants. So they didn't have no type of knowledge of money, no type of outside thinking outside of the box. So growing up, like my parents' main thing was um, school, school, go to school. So you don't have to work as hard as we do. Go to school, go to school, go to school. But unfortunately, Andrew wasn't too good with books. <laughs> so like, I'm not far from dumb, but like, and now, as everybody's starting to see now with the different type of schools they have out there, every every student learns differently. That's why the public school system sucks. Yeah. You got one teacher, 30 students that all may learn differently. So it got to be real generic. Yeah, exactly. When I was in fifth, all the way up to fifth grade, I had real, real good grades. Then middle school, it just I couldn't fuck with it at all. Like I couldn't. Too many people, it blew up. Yeah, it was too much. So. Then I started my degree, started declining. So whenever your whole life, I was just told, okay, go to school, go to school, go to school. And I'm like, damn, I'm not good at school. I thought there wasn't much options for me other than I remember being in high school thinking like, okay, if I just go get me a job making $32,000 a year and I can get me a nice little apartment, I'll be good like that for the rest of my life. Like my, my goal was so low because I was like, if I'm not good at school, I can never be anything because that's how I was I was raised kind of to think that's the blue Yeah. So... That's like my basic background. Oh, and I end up um so I ended up finally graduated from high school. I graduated late. I had to go talk to this thing called open campus they had. Um, Badass children. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> back when and now before when kids used to just go there to go early. I went to open campus when it was like for the kids who couldn't go to the regular school when it was like basically like a prison school. <laughs> but um after that though, and the thing is I was I was like I said I wasn't stupid. So when I even went to that school I started getting like A to B I was on AB, I got AB and honor roll and everything. Yeah. And then um I ended up 
my GPA when I graduated was like 1.7, which is extremely low. So I was like, college wasn't even in my vision, but my mother wanted me to go. So mm -hmm. I went, I took the SAT, and I got like a 1,700, which is good. Which I knew I was, everybody, I knew I was never dumb, but I just didn't, when it comes to sitting down and just regurgitating what the teacher throws at you, I'm not good at that. Yeah. So um, I went to college, ended up getting my degree and everything, early childhood education, but never used it because while in um, taking all those little education classes, I learned how much I do not like that public school way of learning at all and how it does not work for the students or the teachers. Like they too, they'll tell you in your education class, your first five years of teaching, most teachers lose their love for education. Like, they're yeah. telling people who want to be teachers that. <laughs> that most teachers lose the love. And whenever you're sitting in these classrooms, like, because you got to do, like, all these, like, sitting down. I forgot the fuck they're called now. But, like, when you sit down in the classroom and observe and shit. And yeah. I'm like, wow, this is horrible. I was like, this is horrible. Like, these kids are not learning. Like, this is horrible for the teacher. This is crazy. So I finished school, though, just for my mother, though, and her wanted me to, but um, never, like, went to the gates or anything like that. I just got my degree and continued working at Chick-fil-A because I was probably working at Chick-fil-A when I graduated from high school. Mm -hmm. I just worked all through college and all the way through. That's the background right there. <laughs> That's literally the background. I graduated in uh, tw uh, 11 or 12. 11. Okay. Yep. You come up from high school, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yep, 11. Yeah, 2011. Oh, 2011, long time ago. <laughs> I think so. Long, time. Actually, no, 2010. I got 2010. Yeah, not 11. Oh, because Open Campus graduated in December, don't y'all? Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, 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 right. Definitely graduated in December. It's crazy, man. Like, this path was never even a path that was, like, I thought would be lying for me. Like, I remember I was at the point where um, I was working at Chick-fil-A, and they offered me the first assistant manager position. And I was like, I told my mother, she was like, Andrew, don't do it. Just go do what you got to do with school because Chick-fil-A will always be there, which she's correct. Like, yeah, it could have been, could've been a good, like, because Chick-fil-A would always be there. She was like, you can just leave Chick-fil-A right now, go back, and you can easily do it pick up another she job. really preferred me to do school yeah exactly but i just chose chick-fil-a yeah <laughs> i chose chick-fil-a man and that's that's great yeah. for like a lot of people to listen to because a lot of people don't have a plan when they get out like i ain't have a plan when i got out of high school my only idea was i wanted a job but back then it was hard as hell i don't know why it was so hard for me to find a job around like lane <laughs> county like i applied everywhere bro i went to the shoe depot that whole plaza i went to walmart plaza. i went to kroger's plaza yeah. every kroger but i went to fayetteville <laughs> looking for a job but i could not find a job to save my life so when it came down black to man, it man they trying to keep the black man down man bro like i couldn't get a fucking break and eventually it just came down to i moved out to mississippi with my dad Really, I moved out there because I was still trying to join the Air Force. And trying to join the Air Force in Atlanta is difficult. Back then, it was difficult, at least. It, 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 it depends on the state. It it does because different states have different amounts of people that want to join different branches. So in Atlanta, we're more brought up to, honestly, like like growing up in Atlanta, you really don't know that much about how much the world is against you that much until you leave yeah. Atlanta. Like. I never yeah, because Atlanta used to get a lot of black people. I it's so <laughs> many black people, and I didn't understand until I left. And just the culture in Atlanta, everybody wanted to join the airport. Everybody wanted the most prestigious yeah. stuff. Like it was a budding city way before people even figured out about it. And that makes sense. 
when I went over to Mississippi, and I just went to Mississippi because, ironically, my dad told me, hey, they're building a Chick-fil-A, and I know the owner, and I can get you a job there. And I was yeah. like, word, I, I pulled out out there, wait till y'all gonna hear that fun story, how that one ended. Went out to Mississippi, <laughs> got a job, uh, and I was still joining the Air Force, and it was easier in Mississippi just because most of the people are more, like, channeled to the Army. Everybody wants to yeah. army people to pass up the Air Force, but the Air Force's recruiting numbers are always so good, they're easy to miss because they're not going to be out at the front door, you know, doing yeah. a couple of dances, offering you thousands of different things. Their doors are locked. Like, you got <laughs> you got to make an appointment to see the mugs in the first place, or you're just going to be sitting in that lobby for hours praying to God that <laughs> somebody was late to their appointment. Yeah. You know, it was just easier in Mississippi because not that many people in Mississippi want to join the Air Force. They all want the easier route, which the Army. And don't you have to have like a higher like yeah um yeah. ASVAB? Score? Yeah, you got to have a higher ASVAB score. Typically, recruiters aren't gonna want to talk to you unless you break like that fifty point threshold. But yeah. realistically, the way that the jobs are set up in the Air Force, you can get a twenty seven and get a job in the Air Force. It's just yeah. they don't. Like that doesn't look good on their record, so they do, or whatever. Yeah. I've never been a recruiter, but <laughs> I have never heard of somebody with a twenty-seven making it into the. If they did, they fought tooth and nail to get in the Air Force, and for that, I would have just told them like, "Bro, just retake the test, guess it," because that's all I did. To be real, I guessed it in high school. Oh, you took it more than once? No, I only took it once. I took it in high school oh. when it was that day in class, like. You could either skip class or take this test. I didn't have a car, and none of my friends did. So we were like, all right. I, I kind of, like, guessed the test, like, for the second half of it. And they told me, they were like, well, great news is you qualified for every single branch by, like, a couple by Damn. Day. Bro, I, I, I don't know how I did it, because I'm pretty sure I graduated high school with less than a 3.0. But whatever, that's that's all besides the point. But um, did you – so you got into it a little bit about – how you signed up for Chick-fil-A and you didn't see it exactly going out like this. Like, tell me about yeah, that, how you went from like, uh, like working in the kitchen or maybe working the front desk to like every year, okay. pretty much like for 11 years, shit got to change. Right. Yeah. But the thing is, it's so crazy because and I, that's why one thing that it truly depends on with great leadership or even just being a great person is like, it was it was a very slow 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 start. Like I like I said, I started oh. play like when in 2010 or 11, whatever. Like when once I graduated from high school, and um and I I think I probably was making like minimum wage 8.25, and after working there for four years, I was probably making like 9.25. <laughs> so so it was like a real because I was so hard headed. Like I was a hard like I was the problem. I was a problem child of Chick-fil-A for, like, the first three years of my existence to the company. Like, I was the type of person arguing with the supervisor. I was the type of person coming to work high and being like, I got to go home. I'm too high for this. Oh, uh, people one, don't like, know that about Chick-fil-A. They yeah, only like, see, yeah, they only like, see like, the holy. They only see the good side of it. I'm going to tell it like it is. Like, they, don't they don't know like, they had all of us in the back. It was yeah. It wasn't like it wasn't like a oh coming to Chick-fil-A and then boom boom bam. Next thing you know, Andrew's a manager. Like becoming a leader, that's why you always um lead. like there's always somebody to open the door for you. So I had many people that opened the door for me be, that had patience with me. So if I had like a manager that just was a hard ass or some shit like that, I would you'll probably be not be on the podcast talking to me right now because 
I would have been fired. But I had people who were patient with me, like who would work with me and be like, okay, give me chance after chance. Like I could have been fired. I remember I used to like leave notes for the morning shift cursing on it and stuff like that and they figured out it was me and I got suspended from work and everything like a whole bunch of yeah Amber just reminded me I remember mean, one time at work I had started a rumor that this one guy shitted on himself in the bathroom <laughs> at work like and that like that became a real thing like and they were they had to do like a whole investigation to figure out if I said it like it was crazy like I was not just this great employee at the beginning because I was I was young and I felt like because I was a hard worker, nobody could tell me anything. So that's one thing. If anybody really wants some sauce, this is more sauce, Chick-fil-A sauce, or this growing sauce, is the fact of, like, just because you can be the most hardest working person, but if you're not approachable or people don't, you don't work well with people, you'll never move forward in any company. Yeah. Any company. Yeah, I hate hearing people talk about, man, I work harder than this person, harder than that person, but you always, every day somebody's coming to me about you, or every day you're coming to me about somebody and you're always just, like, you're in, every, you're in all the drama. You will never make it nowhere like that. I promise you that times a thousand. Mm-hmm. If you're somebody at work who just always talking about, well, I do this, I, 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 I do this, and you're trying to compare yourself to other people, you'll never make it nowhere. So I had to just, like you said, I started in this, this room, so, and I only moved out to this room just for the fact of, I think somebody might have called out who was in the front. Yeah, <laughs> they needed somebody to go up there, so they're like, "Okay, oh, it was just your home. day." Yeah, it was just my day. Like what they say, like success is like a lot percent work, a lot. I mean, a, a percentage of planning, and then there's always that one percent chance of luck. Yeah, like everybody likes to say, "Oh yeah, I'm not lucky," but anybody, luck played a part. You just can't say, "Oh, I worked hard, I worked hard," because there's plenty of people who work super hard and play the role, but don't get that chance. It's good. Yeah, everybody, everybody has a small percent of luck. That's just how that goes. So. So yeah, I ended up working in the front, and I'm a great worker, and I was dependable, and I love making money. So I was the person who, if so-and-so didn't want to work, they'll come to work, and I'd be like, yo, I'll work that shit for you, just uh, give me $45. Okay, boom. Oh, somebody called that? Oh, yeah, I'll stay longer, but can I get $10? Like, I was just trying, I was trying to script it any way possible, so I was always there. Yeah, and I learned every position inside the store off of that, but my attitude was horrible. And it wasn't <laughs> until I switched my attitude Stop worrying about, oh, whether this co-worker's doing this and why am I not getting noticed and wanting a raise. I stopped trying to chase the money and just everybody would say, yeah, you're a great worker, but your attitude, your attitude. So after a while, I was like, you know what, I'm going to fake it. I remember coming to work at this place, like, and I, and act, I was like, I'm going to act exactly how they want me to act. And I started noticing how much better people were, how more approachable people were to me, how my day went smooth just for me changing my attitude. Yeah. my attitude. I'm like, damn, so maybe I was the problem. Maybe the issue was me. Like, a lot of times when people complain about stuff in their life or in the world or in other people, they're really the issue. That's just a fact. So once I realized that, it just, my life changed. My life hasn't been the same since that. Since I started, like, that clicked in my head. So if I ever talked to anybody, I'd be like, yeah, Chick-fil-A changed my life because it changed my way of thought. Which any job could have probably did that, but from my example, it was Chick-fil-A. And once I did that, I just was moving up in the company, like, drastically fast. Like, became a supervisor when I started working at the uh, Chick-fil-A at the airport. And then um, I was there working hard, and then I started, that's when my team-building skills came about. Yeah. I just was able to bring people out their shells and make people feel comfortable. Making people feel comfortable, and it was just up the ladder from there, step by step. <laughs> 
literally step by step. That's great. That's that's great to hear. So I, I got a question just about yeah. that. So how do you take your past experiences and apply it to your current position as a manager with like a lot of the young youth that you gotta work with now and manage? Um, for my situation it's super it's, it's super easy for me to do it and I think that's one of my advantages in the fact of even being a manager is the fact that I'm still only twenty eight years old. So it's not like of course that's not young, but for my position, like a lot of people may be older than me normally. So some like some of my employees or managers may be older than me. And it's like um how I how it works in my advantage is the fact that I'm young. So I was in your and I literally was in their position before for a long time. So it was nothing that was like just handed to me. So I'm able to let them know that I'm super duper relatable. And of course, and I think it's kind of a good thing and a bad thing because sometimes you don't want to be too relatable. But for me, I all and as I do in life, I look at the positive side to it, and the positive side is I'm relatable. Like I was in your position before, I was in your shoes before. I know how it feels. And is and one thing I do to um my benefit and to the benefit of my store is like I, I I think that one of the main problems in the world today is like people's work life balance. So for me understanding that and how detrimental I feel my work life balance has been to my life, I try to make it where like I do I'm super flexible with schedules and shit like that. If that makes sense. Yeah. So I let people be able to put their life before work. Yeah, that's important. That that's important. That's a that's probably if you ask like a hundred people what are their biggest gripes about work, I could almost guarantee about ninety or ninety five of them are gonna say my boss wants me to put work in front of life. Even in the military, like just to put in my like small input, and I'll bounce back to the topic. Yeah. As a supervisor now, everything that I preach to my troops is about their own self improvement. Like yeah, as a residual effect, the Air Force is gonna benefit off, and for you as a residual effect the store is going to benefit off of their better mentality, like their better mental health. Like if you need to take a couple of days off to handle this and handle that, you don't need to tell me all the yeah. details. I don't care about all the details, but if I exactly. see it's really important to you, I'll work with you. And as long as you show me that respect that you putting everything into it, that I'm putting into you, yep. I will do anything for you. Even on the days where you're yep. wrong and people want to try to call you out, I'll sit there and I'll cuss who ever out for you later we work on it we gonna work on what you messed up later yeah <laughs> but in that moment you bet your ass i'm gonna have your back no matter what but that yep. that's a beautiful thing about the type of leadership that that's exactly what it's about yeah you had to you had to I'll grow in the oven you you ain't come out of there you ain't become this way by learning something you didn't become this way by reading a book it comes through experience yep and that's i think like there's a lot of people who go to schools and leadership programs but then make or management classes and then you come out and they're they don't know how to apply it at all it's like the only way you can learn how to deal with people is not in a book it's not by reading about it watching a youtube video about it. the only way you learn how to deal with people is by dealing with people does that make sense yeah it's the only way it's the only way possible man and and you put and you you put the people i think well damn, i have got way off track with the question i think the initial question oh, no, was you good Talk how to, man do I use my experiences to help my like for like yes because about the culture custom bros so about help um what was the question <laughs> I'm way off track with it <laughs> well I, honestly we added from the original question the one we kind of drifted into was um how does the past experiences of what you went through cultivate and grew what how it grew you into the leader that you are now like it it it, oh, yeah. it comes from experience it can't 
come yeah. only from a book. You can't just read a dictionary and know the definition of a leader. Yep. Be put in the position of a leader and just point the direction you need to go. You gotta like be in it. So whenever you've been, when you're somebody who's been in it and you've been in their shoes before, it's way better. It's just way better. So it works to it works to my advantage, and I'm put money. If there's anybody in any type of business, they will be able to say and confirm, like, yes, it best because you're relatable. You can say, okay, yeah, trust me, I, I've been there before. I know exactly how you feel right now. I know, I know exactly what you're going through, but trust me, you can come through the other end. Like, like you just like, I mean, that's in anything like if you're talking to somebody who's in the NBA, you're playing basketball, yeah. and he's telling you, yeah, I remember I was in high school. Like, you would take that information way better from him than somebody who played golf yeah, or like yeah. if that makes sense and then like it's just it's just totally like different. Jerry for me, I, yeah and for me it's a way different <laughs> and for me it's even different i mean it's even more lit because i'm black and i'm young so especially with the black employees like they be like they could relate to it a lot it makes people more willing to follow my lead than and to like give me a hard time if that makes sense because I'm telling them like yo I remember trust that was that guy up there yeah exactly and that's another point that I would even like to pick back on or even add in somewhere about people our age now now that we're like the um what are we like the X generation the millennials right and shit shit on what man. they like put us we, in we, or something we one of <laughs> but now <laughs> we're one of them things but now that we're now in the workforce and shit what I'm starting to realize is we don't like to be managed. Yeah. Like, we don't like to be managed. And a lot of the old school managers and people, they still trying to manage people. When millennials, we don't like to be managed. We like to, okay, you just let us know what the vision is and let us use our way to get to the vision. That Which is true leadership. So I even tell my managers, I was like, you don't want to be a manager. You don't want to be a manager no more. Work spaces don't need managers. You just need leaders. Yeah. Does that make sense? And it's a huge difference. It's not the same at all. Like, I don't want to manage nobody's every... People don't want to be managed. They hate that. Like, I, you want to be a leader. A leader, a leader. I'm not going to tell you, this is my vision of what I want it to look like. This is my vision of what I want a perfect gift to look like. How you going to get there? You get there, but I'm just going to show you the vision. This is what it needs to look like. And then to let them find... Like, that's what people like nowadays. Like, people don't want to be managed. People yeah. don't want to be managed. So if you're somebody who's trying to move up in any type of ranking, get, think outside of the box. Just don't be manager, manager, manager. You just want to be a leader, man. That's what we need nowadays. We need leaders, not managers. Don't Nobody want managers. Managers are the ones who just went to school, and they just want to tell everybody what to do, what to do. A leader is somebody who, yo, I was a soldier just like you. Yeah. But this is how you're going to make it through it. Like, somebody who's been through it before, you can lead. <laughs> man, that's a fact. It's crazy you said that because, like, my chief, our he, his duty title is the manager for our section, for the operations section of uh, my yeah. job. And every time he comes around us, I could see in him every single time that he wishes so bad that he could be back down on our level because our level is where a lot of the more impactful leadership happens because we impact the direct youth. Yep. Like I impact the future of the Air Force every single day. Every person that I mentor, that I correct, yep. sometimes just sit around and just have a good time with it because it ain't always about telling somebody what to do. Sometimes just make yep. them comfortable and just help them understand. Yep. Like, look, that's, that's the main thing. Yep. It's going to be hard sometimes, but it's cool because we rocking with you. We all going through those rough times exactly. with you. Like, I'll let you get your complaints out. I'll let you vent. You know, it, it, it's natural because I've been in your position. And that's beautiful. That that's a beautiful yep. thing. 
Yep, and you make them feel comfortable because anybody, if you're a manager or anything, you're over somebody, like people feel uncomfortable when they first start doing something. People, it's not, they're not used to it. So you want to, the first thing you want to do is make somebody feel comfortable. That's just, like, it's just a fact. <laughs> it's just a fact. That's just a fact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so on to the next question. So what are the biggest roadblocks to being a manager? Like, what are the pros and cons to your Ooh. current duty position? It's like you never, you never stop working. Right now, of course, due to COVID, I have to furlough 70 employees, so I have way less employees now. So I've been having a lot more free time than I've had in a long time. But during, like, the regular business business hours and stuff like that, it doesn't stop. It does your emails all the time. You're dealing with, and a lot of going to work is now at this level is not just working. You're just it's solving these little problems that are so little to you. And, you know, people should be able to just get right over them. But, like, that you have to actually spend time on, even though you may not want to. You're like, okay, this is really a waste of time. I, don't want, I have so much to do. But that, those are the cons. Like, it, it takes over a lot of your life. Yeah. A lot of your life. A lot of your life, I will say. Like, that's even more so now since I've moved out here and took, like, the, this higher role. Like, it, just, it takes over your life. Yeah. It takes over your life. If you're a real leader and you really care and you're passionate about what you do, it takes over your life. Because it's easy to be one of those managers who just want to manage, and when they go home, they already got this this person taking care of that, so they're just at home, and you're just managing. That's easy. But when you're a leader who be actually caring about the people, and you're caring about their lives outside of work, and what people are going through, and trying to help people maneuver their schedules, because somebody maybe didn't have a babysitter, like, that's just, like, it's very time-consuming, I will say. Uh, it's very time-consuming. And the pros, of course, as any good leader would say, is the fact of you're to know that you're impacting people. Yeah. Like every day I get to go to work, I'm impacting people's lives every single day. Whether it's me giving somebody advice on a situation, whether it's me saying, okay, yeah, that's fine. I'm taking days off so you can go see your family. Whether it's me changing somebody's schedule, even though their availability's at this time, because they find out that somebody can't pick up their baby when they get off. Like every day I'm getting to impact somebody's life. Whether it's me giving, especially for me being black. Like, one thing that I realized the other day, I was like, yo, I had a black person who opened up the door for me. So now I can open up the door for other black people because a lot of people wouldn't give me a chance, me being Andrew, but a black lady did. So now I'm able to give chances to other people. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like, my managers are all black. <laughs> and I hate to say it like that, but my managers, like, I'm, I'm, my first thing I'm promoting is a black person yeah. because then nobody else is going to give us a chance. So now that I have this position, so I can hire. And hiring a manager, it seems like such an old light thing, but I'm controlling whether somebody's about to make $40,000 a year. And I get to choose that person. And I choose, I'm choosing black. Yeah. So that's now me giving a black person who probably would have may not have had the opportunity somewhere else letting them be able to make a good decent amount of money where they can make a living off of like it's I, I love that part of my job it being impactful and i get to kind of i create my own schedule so that's lit too that's yeah that's it that's <laughs> oh yeah that, that that's the biggest perk create your own yeah, exactly. oh i'm in that bag right <laughs> now when it's just like hey, well, <laughs> yeah exactly like that's pretty good like <laughs> That's a, that's a very positive piece of it also, too. That's that good there right <laughs> but there. But those are the two pros, man. Those are the two pros right there, I'll say. Yeah, I, I feel all that. I feel all of that, bro. All right, so for the next question, what's something about being a boss that people don't think about? Because we hear a lot of black people talk about they want ownership. They want this. They want yeah. to be a boss. They want to. But once you really start getting to the you know nitty-gritty, it ain't mm -hmm. as clean as you thought it was going to be. So talk on that. Yeah. 
Um, I'll say this, and I thought I was a boss back when I was assistant, but whenever you're a general manager and everything is on you, ordering, hiring, firing, yeah, emails all day, something like it's such a break. You gotta like get it. Like it's a, it seems like oh, it's so little, but when you got 75 employees, the one thing about being a boss, I think people don't really think about when you at the top, the praise you get way less praise. You ain't going to be getting pats on the back. You can't be waiting for somebody to say, oh, great job on this. When you at the top. You won't be getting more arrow shot on you than ever before. Yeah. Ever before. I think people don't think that. People think, oh, yeah, I'm at the top. Everybody's going to love me. Um, yeah, I did it. No. <laughs> You're going to be patting your – yeah, it don't stop. And the thing is, it gets worse. You're going to be – more people are going to be doubting you. More people are going to be on you. More people are going to be pulling out all the negative out of you. More people are going to be talking about you. And my advice is you just got to ignore it. You just got to stay in your peaceful, like your peaceful place in your brain and ignore it and ignore it. People are going to be talking about everything, everything, everything. You're not going to be getting pats on the back. You're not going to be getting, if you're not working for yourself, you're not going to be getting big bonuses all the time. You're not going to be really getting your work at all. It's just, it's just a fact. I think people don't think about that part. People think, oh, I'm a, I'm a boss now. Yeah, like, like how they predict it, like how they um show it, portray it in the video. Like, yeah, I'm a boss. Like you just chilling all the time girls around you, they're fanning you and feeding you grapes, like, <laughs> not, it's just not the case at all, like, it gets, it's worse, people just throwing arrows at you all the time, nobody's telling you good job, you're constantly giving out the good job, and after a while, though, you start to love it, and you just look at it, like, from a, from a higher level standpoint, man, that's it, that's it, the higher up you go, the less compliments, the less pass on the back you get, I think people don't think about that, but that's a huge piece of it, <laughs> That's a huge piece of it. Yeah, you got to set up them aspirations beforehand because when you get to the top, ain't yep. nobody giving you <laughs> shit. Like, what you got is what you yep. got. Fill your pockets with what yep. you got. <laughs> yep. You're actually exactly right. Let me get them affirmations together from the beginning so you can have your place that you go to, man. Yeah. And meditate, meditate, meditate. A lot of meditate, man. And prayer if you're religious. But you got to have, got to do that because <laughs> there'll be times where you're the only person in your corner. That's a fact. That's a scary place for a lot of people. But these, these, these are the positions you got to be put in when you get to that position. Every level you go up, it's always a different battle. And, yep. you know, that segues into the next question. So at your current position, what are your future aspirations or plans? Because a lot of people, their future aspirations or plans are where you're at. Yeah. What's your view of the hill for the next thing? Um, And, you know, I'm going to keep it as much as possible. I don't know another way to do it, but like I'm still slowly figuring that out. All I do know, like like I even said um earlier, me even doing Chick Fil A for eleven years was not in the plan. Yeah. But it just the way the stars aligned, that's what happened, and I moved up in it. Progress, progress. That's just the way the stars. It wasn't planned. I didn't, I remember even a year before I got the job opportunity to move out to Texas and be general manager. My um my general manager she's like, dude, do you ever think about doing that? I'm like, nah, I'm not doing that. I would never. I don't want to be that at all. No, no, no. <laughs> and then look what ended up happening. So the way my life works, I just get dragged to where I need to be at the moment. And right now though, I know everything that I've learned in Chick Fil A over 11 years was for something. It wasn't to be a Chick Fil A operator. It wasn't to be Chick Fil A spokesperson. It was for me to learn the business. Yeah. learn how to run a business. So right now, I, like I said, I'm doing everything for a $6.5 million store. Everything. Shit. So 
Now, for me to go run my own business that may start off the first year making 500000 or 400000 would be a piece of cake. Because right now I'm running a store with seven, well, well what to have. The logistics you've handling already. Yeah, exactly. So, therefore, I could be prepared for anything. And I think that this right here was just me working and figuring out and working and figuring out. And people, everything I learned these past 11 years, people go to school and pay to learn. Yeah. They still wouldn't learn everything yeah. that I learned. But on, for the other sense of it, it's basically like I've been in school for 11 years, and now I got my freaking PhD in running a business. And I got paid while I was getting my PhD. So it's like now my next chapter is just trying to figure out what type of business is I'm about to start. Because I know once I do it, it's, it's, to, the, it's to the feeling because I know how to run it. I know how to do it. I do it every single day to the point where I do it in my sleep. I do it every day. So once I do my own thing, it's to the feeling. And that's why I think, not saying this is why I think Corona happened, but <laughs> well, I, from a positive side of Corona going on, like I said, now being down to such a little amount of employees, it's a piece of cake, nothing. So I've been having a lot of time to research and dabble my toes into different things and learn different things and see different type of businesses and ideas that are out there and try different things. So by next year, hopefully, I got something started and it just pop. Once I put my all into it, it's going to pop off regardless, <laughs> regardless, man. <laughs> yeah man you just gotta work on it every day i feel like that's just life like every like it don't end i feel and i was just talking about this earlier today because i recorded two pods today one with my uh, with my boy and one with you and i was just thinking yeah. about like my work ethic of how much i'm always trying to grow like during this whole corona thing, I think it slowed everybody down to a point where we're finding a lot about ourselves. You're either gonna do or you're gonna you're either a do or a don't. And we're yep. all finding that out right Back. now. Right now, yep. during the time I picked up running a lot. You usually I, I like weightlifting. I, I slowed that down because all the gyms are closed, so I can't do that no more. I picked yeah. up learning <laughs> French a lot more, like actually getting into it, learning the grammatical pronunciations and the variations of the French language. It's kind of weird, but yeah, it has been fun. <laughs> I've been learning how to code, like internet code, like on the side. Are you been doing that too? Yeah, bro. Like I, I, yeah. every day I spend at least 30 to 45 minutes a day. I, that's my goal is to do that. Every, I never want to go more than two days without going for a run. I still do push-ups and sit up, 100 push-ups, 100 sit-ups, or what, however many I want to do every single day. Just keeping that work ethic, and I'm also working on a different time. I just want to keep that work ethic on point because my value yeah. isn't within the Air Force. It isn't within any specific job. It's within myself. The asset that I bring to every job is oh. myself. My work yep. ethic is yep. going to be such a sharp sword. It doesn't matter whose hands it's in. It's going to make them 10 times better. That's the kind of person yep. I want to become. And that's the kind of culture I want to breed with culture bros that I want to get out to everybody. Because it's hard for a lot. I, I wish I would have known back in the day to have this type of confidence. But yep. I, I, think, I think God did it for a reason. He had to cultivate me in some type of way. I asked for it. I asked for years ago, like, make me into the leader I want to be. And I took all the heat that came with it. I ain't back down whenever the oven opened. Like, I want all the heat. Yep, that's the best way to do it. And because that's, that's what I said. Another good point that you just said is the fact of, like, I know pretty sure it's my bike sounds so cliche or so corny of getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, 
that's, that's a my huge shit. thing with a leader. <laughs> you, yeah, it's a, and it's the truth though. It's so true. It's so simple and it's so true. If you get so and people when they get out of their comfort zone, people don't even know how much that stops them from doing what they want to do. It stops them so much from doing what they want to do. Like you literally have to get like even working bringing back the Chick fil A, bring around circles. I remember I used to work in the kitchen. And they were like, oh, yeah, yeah, they want to uh, put you in the front. I'm like, in the front? I'm like, I'd love to talk to people. I was like, nah, 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 I'm really not. That's really not my thing. Like, to believe it or not, I used to not be, like, very um, good, like, social or good at meeting people at all. Like, but that all changed from working at Chick-fil-A because I was forced out of my comfort zone. Like, I was fine with just being in the back in the kitchen, talking to the coworkers, but talking to a guest and being polite, I was like, yeah, I can't do that. But I got pulled out of my comfort zone. And it just, like when you do that, only good things happen when you have the comfort zone, man. Only good things. You have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. <laughs> Especially if you want to be a leader. Especially if you want to be a leader. That's a fact. That's a fact. So the next question: uh, Has there been any life experience that helped prepare for a situation like this? For example, when back in the day, I'd never. One thing I've never liked is to see other people uncomfortable, see other people like going through some shit. I've never yeah liked that. So I've always had it in me to want to help people. And a lot of the TV shows I watch too, like I'll like just seeing the hero having to go through some bullshit, or like maybe a side character going through some bullshit <laughs> to get some stuff yeah. done. And it's an altruistic kind of thing. Like there's no there's no reward for it. It's just it's just in you type of thing. So that's what's cultivated me in a lot of ways. I don't need an award. For, so I don't need somebody to pat me on the back to tell me I'm doing a good job. I'm doing it for my damn self. So is there <laughs> exactly. any like past experience that's helped you prepare for this position you're in? Um, I'll say definitely yes. And I'm pretty sure anybody with um most leaders probably come from houses with siblings yeah so growing up i think helped me a lot with that because when um of course being a leader is all about like you said making people feel comfortable and being able to work together with um with other people so one thing about growing up with siblings you're constantly always around and you got to think about how this person feels and how that person feels and what this person likes so i could honestly say like my whole life i've been been helping me toward being a leader if that makes sense because yeah. I've been doing this for like, 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 you don't have brothers and sisters forever. And I used to live with cousins and live with other people and shit like that. So all that helped me in the end. Mm-hmm. All of that helped me in the end, I think. Like, hugely. <laughs> hugely. Oh, yeah. It helped you grow up. Be, be the big man you are today. And last question. Yep. Last question. What advice or wisdom do you have for the culture, for people that are growing up to become a leader that are going to be great in their own facet? You ain't got to be great doing, you know, your way. Be great doing my way. Be great as exactly. it, like, be your own great. What advice do you have for those people who are going to be their own great? Um, that's a very, very good question, right? Um, we said a lot here. It's a lot of jewels here. I hope people had like a little, like a little bag to cast all these jewels that was just dropped. <laughs> but um, I would say as some advice, I think what we, the point we just made would probably be the best advice in the world. Well, I guess two points. I got two points. <laughs> um, for one, use your time wisely and invest in yourself. That's number one. Because yes, granted. I, my hard work, working at Chick-fil-A, learning all different positions, did get me here. But think if I was to plan, think if I was to invest in Andrew, how much further I could be. 
because I got all the way here without planning. I got here without even wanting to do Chick-fil-A. Imagine if I was invested in figuring out what I wanted and what I like to do, and I started doing that. Imagine if I said, oh, let me go read a book on something I'm interested in. Oh, how can I, like, think then how much further I could really be if I planned and actually invested right. in energy. So even before anything else, invest in yourself. And investing in yourself doesn't mean, oh, I need $10,000 to go buy this business. Investing in yourself is reading books. Investing in yourself is meditating. Investing in yourself is thinking. Investing to yourself is doing different things. Investing in yourself is looking up YouTube videos on different things. Like, that's investing in yourself. And the hard part with especially um, people in our culture with doing that is we don't see that instant gratification. When you go to when you go to work and you work there for eight hours and you get your eighty dollars if you're making ten dollars an hour, you're like, yeah, you get to see that eighty dollars. But if you go read a book about coding or go on a computer and code for eight hours, you're like, damn, there's no money here. Yeah. Damn, I make no money from this. Like, it's not worth it. But little do you know how much you really invested. And down the long run, you'll be making way more than. Ten dollars an hour at wherever you're working. Mm -hmm. So stop putting a lot of time into. Don't let these people's little businesses, a little bit of money that they paying an hour, like control your life. Fuck that. If you gotta work a different job every week, that's fine. Once you're investing in yourself, make sure you invest in yourself. Yeah. That's the key. That's the biggest jewel of it all. That's the heaviest jewel. Invest in your fucking self. And that just don't mean oh get a different job and be lazy. No, literally read meditate, just soak yourself in knowledge, like just spend time investing in your health, like just invest in yourself, the biggest investment. People, you might put, buy shares of Apple, shares of different stocks, you need to buy shares of your life, invest in your life, invest in yourself. Yeah. I think that's the key, the key, <laughs> the biggest takeaway. Man, big facts, big jewel right there, investing in yourself is the biggest thing <laughs> that you yes, let go of that self gratification and have a team yep. you trust. Have a team you yep. trust oh, that puts you huge. line that checks your ass on. Cause I'm, huge. I'm like for I feel like you the same way. We could be so headstrong sometimes, cause we like if you have yep. a go get a type of mentality, it's hard to tell us some shit sometimes. Cause when we go in yep. full speed, it's hard to tell us some shit. But having those good people around you to tell you pump the brakes, chill out. Like yep. it's all good. A corner coming up, like just laying down the roadmap of the life that we going through because like and not all of us have the same team setup. Some people don't have a great family setup. Some people don't have a great school setup, especially the fucking school I came from. Yeah. It ain't that many <laughs> with that I I take advice from. But <laughs> Like, for the people that do, just understanding and seeing within them something that they could benefit off of, especially if they have the things that you want. Like, it's a lot of people who are so independent, they end up shooting themselves in the foot because they just make so many decisions that are just ill-advised. And if they would have just listened in the first place, and I know that digs into some people deep, and maybe the biggest gem that, like, personally, I could ever give anybody in the world lose your ego lose yes that's a huge one lose that's that a shit huge one. your ego is that's a huge for one, one reason i i've i've been i've been deployed i've seen war i've seen broken that's countries huge. i've seen fucked up places i understand the biggest issue with all these regimes that go wrong are 
egos. They have a certain level that they sit at that they don't want to step down from. And every place you go to, it's the same pattern. Throughout human history, it's the same pattern. There were egos, 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 egos. And then eventually America happened, and we were a really weird melting pot of everything happening all at once. And egos seem to be broken down over time because there was no structure to America. I think that was the thing that really set us to a whole different direction from the rest of the world is there was no structure. There was no ego-based structure. England had an ego-based structure. They ran themselves in a break. The Romans had their ego-based structure. They ran themselves to where they are today. The Greeks had it. The Greek economy is trash now. Like, Egos are the biggest reasons why people don't go as far as they want to go because you're just stuck in your box. You don't want to you yep. you, you don't want to let this person have their day because you want to have yours. You want to win that exactly. one fight. Yep. You want to win that one fight. That's like if you go for a 10-mile run trying to beat somebody. Cool. You beat them by the 10th mile, but you running a marathon. So you still got 60. Exactly. <laughs> So what exactly. the fuck? Yep. You beat them for all of yep. two miles for what? Part. Yep. For what? You guys trying to win the battle, but yep, exactly. Just to prove yep. a dumbass point, one. not to. Yep, that's what? a huge one. Yep, that's a huge. Like that's another book. I would you should do like some book drops under here, but the book The Art of War. That would help out anybody else. I mean, anybody also trying to look out there to be a leader. That's a great book. We could do a that's couple. A great we could do a couple. The Art of War is a great book by Sun Tzu. Uh, Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins is a fantastic book. For the people I, that... I haven't read that bro, one. That one, that one is <laughs> a crazy gem. You gotta read. Like, I that heard. one by David Goggins. Go get it right now. Like, especially <laughs> right now since Corona's happening and you ain't got shit else to do. Yeah, can't say you busy. Yeah, exactly. A lot of y'all getting them unemployment exactly. checks too, so I know y'all getting paid. Go get it. Exactly. Barnes & Noble open or Amazon store open. Amazon Prime, straight to the door. Oh, they yeah. right there. Audible, too. So you really ain't got no excuse. Yep. You ain't even got to read. You, you got to listen. Yep. And that'd be one of the best investments you made. Make you buying a book like that. Those self-help books are excellent, man. Excellent. Excellent books to read that actually can change your thought process the way you think. Humbles you. And understand, enjoy the process. Enjoy the fucking process. Yeah. Don't try to rush it. Don't try to just wait for the... Oh, I'm a leader now. This is exactly what I wanted. Like, just enjoy the process of learning how you lead and learning different leading, learn long leading techniques. Enjoy the process, man. Enjoy it because you don't play like you can plant a seed today. That don't mean you're gonna eat the fruit tomorrow. That's a fact. Like, just because you're planting seeds now, yeah, it's a fact. Like, the tree got it. Like, this earth was made the way life works. You don't plant a seed and then think tomorrow. Yeah, you nurture it, you water it. Yeah, you plant the seed, but tomorrow you gotta read. Working out just don't mean, oh, you work out for a week. You got to continuously work out the rest of your life. Yeah. Like, it's just that you continue. Yeah, it's just a fact. It's just, like, enjoy the process. Life is about process, not just the outcome. Like, even kids on Christmas, and this is a weird example, but on Christmas, like, those last, that last week of Christmas is better than Christmas Day. Because once the kids open the presents, uh, Christmas is over. But they have so they spent all this time getting super hyped. Like, the process of Christmas was funner than the actual day of Christmas. Does that make sense? Yeah, watching the tree go up, watching just yeah, like that, little like, subtle oh things. Oh my god! And then the minute it actually comes, oh my god, we finally get the gift. They open it, they're excited for a while. Excitement dies, but they'll be excited too much before Christmas. Like the process is what it's really about, man. The process, the process. 
just enjoy the process and and that's it man enjoy the process of testing yourself boom <laughs> to do <laughs> who's drop bombs drop I wish I had that button they be having. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> I ain't got that yet. We ain't at that point to have some kind of drops. Exactly. All the buttons are the sound effect. <laughs> I'm gonna get there. I might figure that out later, but shoot. Thank you, man. Appreciate this, man. This was very cool. Uplifting. It made me want to go now. Pull up my notepad and start working on that plan and figuring out what type of business I may attack. Like. I really do appreciate this is beautiful. This is beautiful because, of course, I'm not like, you know, a lot of people wait to interview somebody whenever they're owning the million-dollar business. You don't really see interviews of people whenever they're, oh, in the process. I'm just starting on, yeah, in the process, you don't ever see that. So this is this is cool to, like, give somebody, like, interview somebody who's not super-duper stature or anything in the community, but somebody who's a general manager of a Chick-fil-A. But in like being able to get my little dudes out to the world, like that's like this is cool. This is very very cool right here. Man, this is nice. <laughs> I appreciate that. Right. That's what the culture bro is trying to bring to the world, man. We trying to show everybody that the average Joe black man, the average Joe Asian Hispanic, even white people, all the everybody, all of us are a part of a culture, and that's what the culture bros are trying yeah. to show everybody, like. Yeah. There's different facets of life. There's different walks. There's different paths. But we all have a goal. We all have an aim. We just got to take down the veils, let go of our egos, and go straight with the right team around us, with the right paces, everybody. We're going to make this marathon happen. We're going to get to the finish line. But, you know, you got to create a, a black, a culture version of the average Joe. It got to be like the average and then like a black name. Yeah. <laughs> like average Joe with a white name. Like the average. What's the... Tyrone, the average Tyrone. <laughs> That's a good one. Like instead of average, you know, like like brothers got to be like, yeah, man, I'm just not the average Tyrone. Like yeah, just average Tyrone, chilling in, chilling in the hood, trying to make you know child support work. Like we all got our struggles, man. Facts, man. Facts. Yeah, yeah, but that wraps up another episode of the Culture Bros. I hope everybody took a little gym yeah. out of this. I appreciate you, my brother Andrew. Uh, Andrew much love. Give your plugs to your podcast you. before we go, though. Throw your, throw your yes, plugs in. Yes, if y'all got the time on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, yeah. Apple, we got the Couple of Thoughts podcast, two couples, and we talk about those rough, hard topics that may be hard to discuss with your partner. You can ask a question. You can leave a comment if there's something you want us to talk about, and we just speak openly about it, like, no whole bars. It's a safe place so the woman or the guys, us the fellas, we can't hold it against yes, our partners. It's a safe place to talk about any topic and really speak our mind on it. Yes, sir. So if you got time, go watch that or go listen to that YouTube, Apple, Spotify, Instagram, a couple of thoughts podcasts. Thanks. And thank you for having me once again, George. Till next time. Yes, sir. Till, till next time. We got a couple more stories to break down, but it ain't for today. Yes, sir. <laughs> exactly. All right, I appreciate you, bro. Oh, yeah, that was good, man. That's good. That's a, This is good. This is good. This is good. See, they're going to keep on doing them. This is good. This is what it sound like when we roll and the house still open. All these people, all these drugs that could fit the ocean. They say they can't, they say they can't tell me what they smoking. 
Making waves, making waves, making real commotions. This is what it sound like when we rollin' and I still open. All these people, all these drugs that go.